0: Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership
1: into new business. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leadership Project podcast. I'm Jay Harrington. Tom, are you there? I'm here, Tom Nixon, your uh, dutiful co-host good to know yeah you know you never know these days but i know we're used to working remotely um for for those that don't know we we operate in a virtual environment so in light of all the craziness happening um you know we've been able to keep things going relatively smoothly so uh the only thing that hopefully i I don't know about on your side tom but um in light of schools being shut down uh, i've got some little ones running around i don't know if your kids are home tom so for our listeners, please excuse us if you hear uh, a squeal or two in the background. We're doing our best to keep this uh, keep this quiet.
2: Yeah, I've I, you know I have grown accustomed to the remote working environment since joining Harrington in, in June, but um, not yet fully accustomed to having little ones and a, um, a a co-working spouse at home. So a little more activity than normal, but we're making do.
1: Sounds good. Well, I know uh, you know as as. We've been kind of thinking about our own content and our podcast. Certainly, we want to deliver content that's uh, at you know related to what's on everyone's mind these days. So we're going to do that today, Tom. We have a we have a guest who will help, I think, shed some light on how lawyers can think about things like remote work and and kind of how to market it during this environment. and And we'll have, I think we'll have a great conversation. And our our guest today uh, is Ruth Carter, who is an Arizona attorney and an authority on intellectual property, business law, and internet law. Ruth also wrote three best-selling books on guerrilla marketing and social media law, and has been a speaker at over 100 events, including Content Marketing World and South by Southwest, and featured in the Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur, and on NPR. And and I got to know Ruth uh, just through her writing. She also writes for Attorney at Work uh, frequently, like I do, and Enjoy enjoy her uh, monthly article that comes out. So Ruth, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Jay, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, thank you for joining us. And to get things kicked off today, um, thought we would get started with a topic again that's top of mind for many people, which is remote work, uh, for lawyers and, in this type of, uh, difficult environment. And it's a, an adjustment for many people, certainly. And, and Tom, I'm going to kick things over to you to get started with this in terms of, um, teeing up a question for Ruth, because you wrote an article this week, uh, kind of sharing your own insights about adjusting to a remote working environment. So I think probably you're the best person to kind of dive into this. So go ahead. Yeah, you're right. I wrote a piece this week and, um, about the transition because you know
2: i guess i had a nine month head start on what people are suddenly finding themselves thrust into today and it it was an adjustment period and the insight i wanted to offer was just as somebody who's gone through it and now truly regards it as the new normal that and at the time i thought really there's no way this is going to work i i got to find another situation i can't work where i live and there's distractions here and there's you know Gray boundaries between home and work life and um, but somebody told me at the time, you know what, they did it a year prior and you'll get used to it and you'll love it and they were right. And so I was able to learn a few things along the way that I was hoping to impart to people who are just, you know, finding this completely foreign but you know I reread it um, even this morning. And I thought, God, there's so much that I left out that I could have included in, which is where I'm hoping and I'm guessing that, Ruth, because I know you've written on this topic as well, there's probably all sorts of things that I could have covered that you probably covered. And I would love to hear some of your takes as somebody who's written on this topic. And you work remotely, is that right?
0: So I have the option to work remotely or go to the office. And it's completely up to me where I work day to day.
2: It's, yeah, so which is great. And of course, now many of us don't have the option. So for those of us who are trying to grapple with this new reality, what are some of the things that come to mind that you would recommend? Whether it's specifically tactical, you know, tools that they can use, or just mindset and approaches uh, that people can can take now that they're finding a new reality.
0: In terms of logistics, I would say set up your home office so that this so that it is. Um, work focused easier to get your work done have to do lists have the documents you need if you're somebody like me who still kills trees I'm sorry I recycle later Um, have everything out ready my to-do list day-to-day what I'm doing so that when I come into office and I sit down I know I have the mindset of I'm here to work this is what I'm working on if I'm not gonna be doing the work thing I leave the room so um, there's that, and then if you need to get work done, one thing I recommend you do unless you are waiting on a call from somebody, take your phone and put it where you can't see it or hear it. So that way you can work without distraction.
2: Yeah, that's great and I you know what it's funny you mentioned that because even before the this crisis kind of you know we discovered that we're gonna all have new working arrangements, I've been trying to find, Detachments from the phone from the the bleeps and the interruptions even on the desktop, you know You're constantly getting pinged. And so I think this is probably we're gonna discover some things Jay that maybe we should adopt in the long term um, Which you know if we're looking for silver linings, maybe there are things like that along the way that we'll discover
1: Yeah, for sure. I think you know, we've we've been doing this for close to seven years, but I know, you know, there's gonna be a lot of, uh, there's a lot more uh, bigger data set now for people experimenting with r- remote work, and I'm sure we'll learn s- some things as well. Ruth, one follow-up question on that uh, issue of remote work. Uh, what are some ways that you have uh, found to kind of stay connected with people uh, while working in a flexible work environment, um, is particularly virtually, any, any tips in that regard, just on the, on the social connection side of things?
0: yeah that's one thing i had to learn when i was working remotely i used to work solely remotely when i was a solo and i realized that if i didn't make plans to see people i could go three weeks without like any major social interaction with peers colleagues things like that so i always try to have something on my calendar to look forward to and in this type of scenario where we are supposed to have social distance you can still schedule like coffee over skype with a colleague or phone calls or even you can even use social media like Facebook, today I posted something to my wall, asking people which adulting badges they've earned today. So people are posting things like I made my bed, I put on pants, um, <laughs> and things like that, 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 that I still we're apart from each other, but we still have that connection to other people that, especially now we're all in this together.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and I think the only thing I'll add to that uh, again, based on some experiences, trying to have, uh, uh, kind of set routines where, particularly because the boundaries between work and, and home are really blurred now, like a shutdown routine at the end of the day, perhaps, which is, it was hard for lawyers in any environment, but um, but when you're working from home, the, the ability to close the laptop and step away and, and then get back to your family or your loved ones or um, whoever you know, you're connecting with is important. So, um, all right, Ruth, so let's shift to another topic that's uh, I think highly relevant right now. Um, certainly the, the economic fallout from the COVID-19 crisis is is coming and it's upon us. I know Bank of America today uh, issued the call that we're already uh, deep into recession. It's not just down the road, it's already here. And so um, depending if you're a lawyer, depending on what practice area you're, you're in, uh, you know, if you're a corporate restructuring lawyer or a uh, labor and employment lawyer, perhaps you're as busy as ever in this environment because the the COVID-19 crisis is is causing a lot of issues related to um, business distress and, and how to deal with workforces. But for many others, uh, work is probably slowing down. I know just today, the Michigan Supreme Court uh, issued an order um, telling all trial courts to suspend not all non-essential uh, cases and, and actions. And it's putting a lot... There's just a lot being put on hold. And, and for many lawyers, that's going to cause some, um, some distress as well. So one of the things I know you've, again, written about and have some experience in is, is thinking about ways to diversify one's income stream as a lawyer. And I think it might be helpful to, for some people to hear some advice on, on that issue when maybe the billable hours are drying up or will be in the future.
0: Sure. So one thing I was taught early on in my career, career as a lawyer entrepreneur is that if you're not working in your business, you need to be working on your business, which includes things like um, developing your audience, diversifying your offerings. So when the billable hours are slowing down, it provides you time to work on things like revamping your website, doing blog posts so that um, you are able to be uh, a resource to your community. Even if people aren't hiring you right now, you're, you're making yourself known. So when they have the ability to hire you again, Uh, You're going to be top of mind. And then you can also look into doing things like writing a book, writing an ebook, uh, doing an online course, creating an online course. And those are ways that people can purchase legal information from you without uh, being in a attorney client relationship with you. So, um, I just released my first online course this week. It's called Lights, Camera, Lawsuit, The Legal Side of Professional Photography. And I created that course because I realized that photographers need all the legal help they can get. And while they will drop $1,000 on a lens, they will not buy an hour with a lawyer. So I wanted to create a resource they could buy once and then use over and over and over again as they needed to for their business.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, I'm curious, uh, we, Jay and I on, on this podcast and in our blog have, have, you know, keep coming back to this conundrum, you know, forget about the times we're in now, but even in good times when there's this catch 22 where an attorney who wants to build a practice needs to devote the time to it, but yet they m- might have so much billable work that they don't have the time or can't make the time. And so they're going to learn, as you just suggested, that now there's more time so but what they won't learn overnight is the discipline it might take to carve out that time and dedicate it to these new initiatives that you know like you just suggested but you've done that right so are there any tips that you can impart for someone who's going to find themselves with some time might be tempted not to optimize it but maybe they should recognize it now like you said as an opportunity to work on new projects how do they instill discipline into their schedule so they don't waste the time that they're finding
0: you have to literally schedule meetings with yourself. So when I was writing my books, one of the things I would do is do client work up until noon, have a lunch break, and then from one o'clock on, I would work on my book and I would either have a word count that I needed to get through or like finish a certain chapter before I could be done for the day. And I'm somebody who doesn't have children. So I have the flexibility to say, okay, you can't go to bed tonight until this chapter's written. I don't have to stop to pick up kids or, do anything like that. But, um, but that's what worked for me Is I had set deadlines um, on a weekly and daily basis that that my rule was, you're not going to bed until this gets done. And then I was really strict about adhering to that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm, Ruth, I'm a big advocate of that same approach when it whether it comes to, you know, the coaching or training work I do for lawyers, it's you have to have that dedicated time. And I love that you say, uh, set meetings with yourself. And that's the idea. I'm I'm actually working on a new book that um, should be coming out fairly soon, although I've delayed the launch of it. But it's, it's based on this concept that you need to start treating yourself as your own most important client in that respect and sell yourself some of your time you think about selling your clients your time, well, you need to sell yourself some of that time. So I love that explanation of how you get things done that are not necessarily urgent, but important. And so I think people can take a lot from that advice. Um, speaking of content creation, Ruth, uh, you know, in light of the current circumstances where some of the traditional marketing tactics like you know networking, attending conferences, uh, one-on-one uh, meetings with with clients are sort of, Put on pause for the moment. Um, creating thought leadership content certainly is one of the ways that people can stay in front of people, if not, you know, physically, certainly with their ideas. So, do you have any tips for lawyers who um, may, you know, be in a position where they want they want to start creating content for the niche markets they serve, but they they just kind of don't know how to go about the process?
0: I would say start with writing a list of all the questions people are already asking you all the time. Like when people email you or call you and say, I just have a quick question, um, even though as lawyers we know there is no such thing as a quick question, um, like that's where you start. That you're, Those are the niches you're already developing for yourself and if you go deep into those areas, that's gonna be the niche you develop. So it's not rocket science to figure out what, what topics are already relevant to your audience because they're telling you what they are and many times when somebody says i just have a quick question they're really asking you like four questions and there you go there's four blog posts or four videos that you can create Um, for my firm myself i create blog posts about longer topics and then i do little question of the day videos on my youtube channel so depending on what the question is i can pick a medium that fits what's right for the question I'm answering.
1: Yeah, and can you also talk, I know you have, in my opinion, again, from the outside looking in and having consumed uh, your content, you have a what I'll call a unique style among, at least relative to most attorneys. Um, it's certainly not dry when it comes to your writing and, and it's very um, punchy and, and you, you express a lot of your own personality within it. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? And maybe, do you think, um, Lawyers should be kind of expressing more of their, letting more of their personality out in their content creation
0: oh absolutely one thing i learned early on as an entrepreneur is people hire people even when they're hiring a firm they're hiring a person and so if they don't like you as a person they're not going to trust you and they're not going to hire you so one of the ways you can showcase your personality even before you've shaken the person's hand or whatever we're doing these days to you know social distancing um is through the content you create. So when people call you, they are already thinking, I know you, I know enough about you that I like you, trust from your content that you have the knowledge to help me with my problem. I already know I wanna hire you. So I definitely think that you should showcase your personality in terms of how you phrase things, the word choices you make, what tips and tricks you give to clients or prospective clients One thing I did when I helped my law firm, Venduris, redo their website last year, we redid our bios and I made everybody do a section at the bottom that's like three things you didn't know about me. So that was a place where people got to share their personality, whether it's like the sports they do, their hobbies, their pets, uh, to, to just humanize them a little bit more. And so far we've had clients come to us And they've mentioned those things from their bios as part of the first meeting.
2: And I think you tend to attract the right type of personalities when you show your own personality through, right? So you're already getting to you're sort of stealing first base on that rapport building that you need to do when you're, you're, you know, courting a prospect. And I hope you don't mind, but I have to read, as someone who has a bizarre sense of humor, I have to read the first sentence of one of your recent entries because if I went to a, a, a lawyer's website and yours is carterlawaz.com, and I read the following, I'd be, I would immediately know I found the right attorney for me. In the post starts, I'm nearly pee my pants excited because the presale for my first online course starts tomorrow. And I thought, <laughs> all right, this is a person who's not afraid to show a little personality uh, in the writing. So kudos to you for that.
0: Thank you. And really, if somebody reads something that I've written and they say, this is not the lawyer for me, good. Find that out as soon as possible. And self-select out Um, I've had people say, i am I'm gonna refer my dad to you because I know you swear and he's gonna love that Um, I've had people who you you swear too much and if that means that I'm a mismatch okay there are plenty of other lawyers out there I will even make a referral to somebody who might be a better fit but uh, at the end of the day our job is to help people so if I'm not the right fit for you find that out sooner than later and maybe i can help you find the right person
2: that's right yeah you know, i wanted to just go back real quick to something you said earlier and maybe have you expand on it because i think it's really important and you talked about these are my words but i'd love to hear it in your own words you know productizing a service in a way which so we're in we're both in service industries and we're looking for ways that we can productize our expertise for somebody who might need an answer to a quick question might want to buy it once and then they're They're set. Um, And you referenced a couple different things that you could do. You could write a book, but could you talk through maybe some of your thinking on how an attorney might be able to productize their expertise in this interim period uh, before we get back to the old normal? Uh, Because they might not be thinking that their service is something that can be packaged and sold as a one-off, but you've done it.
0: Yeah, I, I would start with looking at what knowledge do you have? What content have you already created? I know many times if someone's a blogger um, your blog posts may already be the outline and the base content for a book where you just have to combine it and edit it so I would look at that I would look at what are the needs of my audience in terms of are they are they people who need a white paper are they people who have the focus for a white paper. If you offered me a white paper, I'm gonna look at you and be, what am I supposed to do with that? Because I'm never gonna read it. Um, you know, I want a blog post. I want a video. I want it. I want it fast and quick. So, a lot of times, they already you already have the knowledge. If you're practicing law, you have enough knowledge about your content, um, or your practice area to create content. You just have to think about who is my audience and how do they and how are they getting their information and if they are getting through audio, through video, through reading, um, and just think about how are they uh, taking in information and how can you best serve them in that capacity.
1: And Ruth, just one follow up on that, and I'm just curious if this has been your experience, because I know, I guess. It's been it's been our experience when we've created products um, and and I think it it kind of applies to others as well because I think a lot of times lawyers will think about you know maybe uh, wanting to write a book and but it takes a heck of a lot of time to write a book and you're selling it for you know 1899 on amazon and and it's hard to it's hard, certainly not going to make a living for most people doing that but um, oftentimes, something like that, having a book or some other product that's lower price often will lead to actual, you know, in this case, legal engagements or in our case, um, consulting engagements. So creating these products is oftentimes a gateway to larger ticket, um, you know, consulting or legal engagements. Is that, is that consistent with your experience?
0: Yeah, I've heard one thing for entrepreneurs is you never write a book to, um, to make it actually make me off the book you use the book to leverage it to get other things like clients or speaking engagements or things like that because having a book shows that you have the dedication work ethic ability to express yourself in a way that's good enough to write a book um, so definitely some of these products are never going to make you money but they are going to help you leverage who and what you offer so that people can see, oh, you're not just a lawyer, you're the you're the author who wrote the book about XYZ, which is exactly the type of help I'm looking for, so I'm gonna hire the person who literally wrote the book on it.
2: It's good to hear you say that, Ruth, by the way, not only because it validates our own experience, but when you say, you know, the idea of writing a book is not to get rich, it just shows you that I'm doing it right because I've written a book, I'm not getting <laughs> rich off of it, so I know I must be onto something.
0: That very few people are able to make a living off their books. I'm very jealous of them, but uh, but on the flip side, I can say I've written three best-selling books. Okay, I'm only a bestseller on Amazon um, sub you know Amazon subgroups, but still, I can say it for the rest of my life. Um,
1: no doubt. Um, so, hey, Ruth, I think that's a good great place to to. Kind of wrap up today and i want to thank you for for all the uh outstanding insights and, and helpful advice for everyone out there who who's kind of you know struggling right now and, and as we talked about adapting to a new environment i think they can gain a lot from from what you shared uh before we go though can you tell people kind of the best place to go to to follow you to find more of your content how should people uh get in touch with you or, or check you out
0: probably the best place to find me online is geeklawfirm.com that lists all of my socials and hopefully all the places i write Um, i do a monthly column over at attorney at work where i uh, focus on law practice management for people who are looking for that specific information
1: fantastic and and, yeah i do i do encourage our listeners to check ruth's content out it's it's Really uh, fantastic, and and it'll help you to improve your own uh, marketing and business development and and the management of your law practice. So, thanks again, Ruth. Uh, Great having you on the show today. And to our listeners, stay safe out there, hang in there, and we will catch up with you next week. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com.